0: Hey, my name is John Uh, McGee. I'm on staff here, one of the directors of marriage ministry. This is my bride of 22 years, uh, Pam. (laughs) And uh, we're excited to be with you tonight. So uh, those of you that um, aren't normally here um, wouldn't know this isn't where we normally meet. So next week we'll be back in... Uh, the loft. And so this is the space on Sunday morning uh, where the kids come. Um, I think first and second is on this side and third and fourth or uh, uh, effectively. And so they do... are not
1: doing marriage skits. M-
0: yeah, they do. They do kind of a skit here. So Pam and I will not be making toys uh, for everyone here as any kind of object illustration. Uh, but that's what happens here. We'll be back in the loft uh, next week. Okay. So tonight I wanted to talk about uh, completion. It is... Um, the 15th lesson in uh, in re-engage something that we don't talk uh, a lot about it tends to be uh, toward the end. And uh, my son asked us, he said, hey, what are you guys talking about? And I said, completion and marriage. And he, he looked kind of uh, a bit puzzled and he said, well, just make sure they know who the number one uh, passer is in, in college football right now. The, the number one uh, um, passing completion percentage, uh, which is Baker Mayfield. He's an OU fan. And so if you have anything to do with the Heisman voting, he would want you to vote for Baker. Okay? That's not at all when we talk about completion. Uh, it not, has nothing to do with football. Uh, it's about the role that God wants us to play in our spouse's uh, life. So really kind of lessons one through 14, when you get into a, a closed group, talk a lot about our individual responsibility to work on us and uh, to be the kind of spouse that we're supposed to be. And we change when we move to 15 and 16. 16 talks about the role of community uh, in, our, in our marriages and the way community, others, are supposed to shape our, 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 our marriages, ourselves. And then 15 is the role that we are supposed to play, um, not just in working on ourselves, but also in our spouses' lives, to help them become uh, who God wants them to be. It's our role, our sharpening, our encouragement, our admonition role that we're supposed to play um, in our spouses' lives. And so that's what we want to talk about uh, tonight. So right out of the chute, in Genesis uh, chapter 2, uh, verse 18, God says basically that it's not good for a man to be alone and that he's going to create for him, Adam, uh, a helper that's suitable. Helper is not a demeaning uh, word. It's it's a word that uh, is used of the Holy Spirit. God said, "I'm going to send you a helper." So it's it's actually uh, it um, has no derogatory kind of connotation. But that's that's the way the translation comes out. Okay. So not good for a man to be alone. Uh, now this is before sin has entered the world. We we all know, like in many respects, it's not good for men to be alone. Right. Uh, right now, we they don't wear their seatbelts and uh, they they eat you know, too much. They don't sleep enough and they buy dumb stuff uh, you know, on an impulse. Like We, we know like there's, there's some things that men uh, need women uh, for, but this was well before there was any sin or poor decisions in the world. And God said, you know, there needs to be someone else uh, for man and someone else to help him um, and be with him. And, um, and so that's, that's, where it, that's where it starts. That was before sin, uh, but then sin entered the world.
1: Yeah. And so God's design in marriage um, is really the number one way that he wants us to be complete is to look like Christ. And so we'll talk about other ways that we can help complete um, each other and the way God kind of designed that. But um, God's goal, if you're a follower of Christ, is daily and then long-term is for each of us to be looking every day more and more like God's Son, more and more like Christ in the way we respond to others, in the way we um, love, the way we're gracious, just all the ways um, that Christ showed us and then talked about in the one another's of Scripture. That's the goal and that's the way. Um, when we're talking about completion, that's, that's, that's it right there. There's other ways to help and we'll talk about that. But if nothing else you hear tonight, it's just that we can be Um, in some crazy cool way part of God helping our spouse and they can be part of the way God helps us look more like his son. And so... um you know, Romans talks about um, for God, for those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. And then we know in Philippians, Paul's writing a church to the letter of Philippi and he says, I'm confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion. And so God, again, he started this work in us. If you're a follower of Christ, he started this work and the goal is for you to, for it to be carried on as you look more and more like his son. And as a spouse, we get to be a part of that as God's design.
0: Yeah. And that was Romans 8, uh, 29 and Philippians 1, 6 are those two verses, right? That God's design for us as Christ followers is to be uh, and become more like Christ in this continual, ongoing uh, notion. And, and now that, that sin's entered the world, we need a lot of help. We need God's word. We need God's uh, spirit. We need God's people. And the biggest gift, uh, if you're married, that God's given you outside of uh, the scripture and the church is and the Holy Spirit is your spouse. God wants to use your spouse to make him, make you more like uh, Christ. And it's a unique role that we have to play um, in each other's lives.
1: Yeah, so what does that practically look like? And so we're gonna give you guys, just based on the verse, 1 Timoth- Thessalonians 5.14, just some real practical ways. And so that verse says, we urge you, brethren, to admonish the unruly, encourage the fainthearted, help the weak, and be patient with everyone. And so those four areas are ways that we can complete each other. And so just that very first one sounds really fun, admonish the unruly, yeah. take it. <laughs> so,
0: so it also means uh, to warn would be another translation. So um, these are four. those four different Words We'll go through them uh, one by one. We're going to spend a little bit more time on the front end uh, on admonishment. Um, but those are four different people, but all of us at different times, we can be unruly, we can be faint-hearted, we can be weak, and we, could be ne- we can be people that need the patience of others. So uh, there are four different people, four different things you do for those folks, and we are all uh, each of those, okay? Each, each one of us uh, will kind of go four for four in terms of our need. But this first one is uh, admonishment. That means like to warn. Uh, to warn someone or keep them from danger. Or we we use the word admonishment a lot to like kind of tell them uh, the truth. So all those types of things we're supposed to play uh, in the life of someone who's a bit unruly or someone who isn't doing the things that they're supposed to do, right? Uh, The the things that they should do to honor Christ. And early on um, in our marriage, I remember... We were coming home from a uh, uh, party, and I thought we'd had a, a really an awesome time. It'd been really, really fun, and uh, and so I'm driving, and uh, Pam's sitting beside me, and she. It was way more Christian this, but this is how I kind of remember it. It was like you think you think you're really funny, don't you? Right. <laughs> And I was like, well, yeah, I mean, I, I do think I'm funny. Did you not see how everybody in there was like laughing? Like, we sat, remember, like, that part? We sat, we were standing in a circle and everybody was just like rolling. And she, and she goes, you're not, you're not as funny as you think you are. She said, You're really, really sarcastic. And it's biting and it hurts people. And you, everybody's laughing, which is true, but I actually think it's more nervous laughter. Like They're afraid that, you, that they're gonna be your next victim, John. And, uh, and I don't think, and she was kind, I don't think that's who you want to be. I don't think that's the way you want to be known. That's the way you want to interact uh, with people. And in effect, she was admonishing me. And, you know, And at first, I remember just going, no, I'm just funny. I did, that's all. And, and I thought more and more about it. And I sat with guys like, she's right. That that's my stick is biting sarcasm, and it's like the only stick that I have. And so for the next few years, we'd go to you know go to parties and hang out, and I'm just kind of standing there, and I'm like. I got, I've got nothing, <laughs> nothing to add to the conversation because all I knew was sarcasm and I had to learn like a whole new language. Um, and somehow my friends weren't able to help me see that, uh, my parents, my siblings. But in that moment, God used my wife to help me see that there was something I was doing that was causing hurt in the lives of others. And she was in that in that moment uh, admonishing me. Yeah. So
1: Yeah, and so John's just played a key role in my life, especially in parenting. Um, and so he's um, lovingly um, just been able to point out um, when I get kind of amped up and get a tone with our kids, and especially with our boys, and just him being a man, knowing that um, a boy, but especially as they grow into teenager and to be young men, that um, just when and I kind of get amped up and kind of talk down to him just how emasculating that could be and not even understanding that, but just taking his word for it. And um, even now, as we're talking through just some hard things and we have an 18 year old and have big life decisions ahead and I'll just catch, he'll catch my eye and I know it's time to kind of simmer down. And um, so that's just been something maybe I don't fully understand, but I take his word for it. And I trust that that's not the most loving way to interact, especially with our boys. And so that's been really helpful. And usually I am thankful <laughs> <laughs> in the moment.
0: <laughs> so um, so that, that's all great, right? We're supposed to approach our spouse and, uh, and help them see what they can't see uh, about themselves. Um, that Rekusi quote is in the uh, in in the re-engage notebook, you know. When you are married, you're given the the gift of a a full-length mirror. And attached to it is uh, a little note that says, here's to helping you understand who you really are, right? And there is something about marriage that helps us see who we really are, we should. And then our spouse um, should then move move towards us and help us see that. Both marriage will expose some of the selfishness and things like that, and also the person that we're married to will help us, uh, should, should be able to point out things that don't look like Christ. And so um, that's great, but... W- I just know sometimes it doesn't go well when you uh, when you try to do that, right? When you when you approach someone and say, "I've been thinking," uh, you're not as funny as you think you are, right? There's varying degrees of response uh, that will come after that uh, after that sentence. And so, um, here's here's what we want to do: just give you four things. I think the kind of four things that will help. Um, will give you the. will help and give you maybe the best shot of someone receiving admonition, right? The four things that that will kind of create an atmosphere that people are uh, receptive uh, to admonition.
1: Yeah, and so the first one is that the person is working on themselves, and so. If I'm going to point something out, um, it's going to be received a lot better if John knows that I'm actually working on myself and that there's stuff that he has or may point out that I'm listening. And I, I realize that I've got all my own junk just as much as he has and that I want to um, grow. I want to be more like Christ. I want to be humble. I want to be gracious. Um, and so, someone who's working on themselves, really, it's so much easier to receive. Think about it. You know, just if I know John's. Um, willing to hear what I would say and wants to be more like Christ, then when he says that to me, he's not coming at me because he's trying to put my face in it. He is saying, hey, I want you to be better, and I do too. Yeah. So if someone's drawing the circle around themselves. If you've been re-engaged and you've heard that um and they, that's a lot easier to receive from that
0: person. Yep. No one likes the kind of the self-righteous yep. uh, person who likes to point out the faults of others and isn't dealing with themselves. So number one, like if you want your spouse to change and you want your spouse uh, to grow and be open to ad- uh, admonition, you work on yourself. Uh, second is that you need to convince them that you love them, that you are for them. Okay. Admonition always comes best in the context of a relationship. God, before he gives the Ten Commandments, He reminds Israel that He loves them and He's for them. Okay? And when you just start leaning into people and they they don't believe that you have their best interest in mind, um, then it generally doesn't doesn't go well. Right. And you you know like you you know what this looks like or you know how the same interaction um, can be taken two totally different ways, right? When you like when you're doing awesome. In your marriage and your spouse is five minutes late, you're like, oh man, she's, what what an amazing person and she's probably doing something really, really important and, um, you know, or she's had a long day, something, but God, I'm so glad I'm married to my wife and I can't wait to see her even though it's going to take five more minutes, right? Or I... Five minutes again? Are you freaking kidding me? You know she's so irresponsible. Why did I choose her? All those kind of things, right? Same event, just two different, uh, two different situations based on the, the state of the relationship. So same thing, in, same thing in marriage. And um, you know, I, so Pam and I are training. <laughs> we're training for a marathon. We're, is anybody running the White Rock or any parts of it this weekend? Come on, Jeffrey right, will be out there. Job. So, um, and so we've been running like this last. Uh, this last semester, you know, pounding out, you know, 12, 14, 16, 18, 20 miles. That's a lot of pain to endure uh, with somebody, you know, and encouragement and things like that. So uh, we don't do much admonition like at that point, because it probably <laughs> wouldn't go well. Not, not the best uh, setting, but there's just something about, I, I noticed like the next couple days, it's like, oh no, that, that's my running buddy right? Uh, they would never do anything that would, wouldn't be in my best interest. And if Pam had something to say uh, to me, I, I would take it as true. Like we're, we're in this thing uh, together. And so you want to make sure that your relationship with your spouse is solid and that they're thoroughly convinced, thoroughly convinced that you love them and you are for them as you go to uh, admonish them. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so the third um, thing that makes admonishment easier to hear is that you choose your timing and your delivery well and wisely. Um, And so just the way I approach John, so um, say you're a jerk versus, hey, I know this is not who you want to (laughs) be. So two drastically different. Think about what you'd want to hear. And so, hey, I love you, but I know this is not who you want to be. I know this is not who you are. I've seen you be different in this, you know, the way you respond in this situation. I know you different than this. And so just your timing. And I've learned that um, early on in our marriage, just hitting John when he first walks in the door with things does not go well. Just giving him a little time to kind of rest from the day, just kind of take a breath, and then, hey, can we talk about some stuff? Whether it's about him or the four kids, um, just something, um, just the timing. And so just calmly, wisely, um, the way you approach them with it makes all the difference. Tone is huge yeah, as well. Yeah.
0: So the timing and just kind of the way uh, you deliver, and even, rather than just launching into somebody, I think you can say, hey, are you open to some feedback? Right, And they can kind of invite you in to that. And then you can tell them the feedback and, you know, and they might blow up at you. Well, you said you, said you were open uh, to it like, you know, a second ago. Uh, so there's just, there's just some tact uh, to that, you know, and not, not a long email, all caps, you know, you're a horrible person. That's just not going to be received well. Okay? But hey, I love you. I'm for you. Are you open to, uh, to some observations that I have? Okay, it goes materially different. Uh, and, and then um, lastly, um, you know, when, when we become, the, the, the situation and the, and the environment where admonition goes well is when we are inviting it ourselves. Okay, so the first three are something that, that you know, um, that you're to do for your spouse. And the fourth one is, I, I just need to be the kind of person that's saying, hey, Pam, is there anything in my life right now that's just not honoring Christ or that I could do better? Right? Because, you know, whether, whether you think of something right now or whether it comes up a month from now, I, I need you in my life to help me become who I need to be in Christ. You're one of the things that God's placed in my life to help me become. Uh, like Him, I need you. Will you help me? Right? And so just being that person that's open, uh, being that person that's soliciting uh, that feedback, um, see- seeking out their wisdom, uh, their counsel. Okay? It's kind of a gutsy move. It's a gutsy move, and it puts you in a vulnerable position. That's part of the design of marriage since the fall. God wants to use your spouse, okay? And uh, for some of you, you can't, you're not there right now. I hope you can move to the place where you could say, you know what, I, I, am, I will gladly put my guard down and invite my spouse in uh, to tell me, uh, tell me the truth. So uh, a question will come up a lot of times, well, what if my husband or my wife is sinning, right? You keep talking about all this stuff about um, kind of getting it, in the circle, staying in the circle, working on myself, self-responsibility, getting the log out of my own eye, all that. But what if they are sinning, okay? What's, what's my role there in admonition? What if I'm getting a little bit of a pushback and they're not going, hey, thank you so much for, uh, for sharing with, uh, with me, okay? So let me just take the case, so like, let's, say, let's assume you're at church here you go to Watermark, there'll be a whole lot of other um, ways we can approach this, if not. But uh, we, we'd love to talk to you one-on-one. But if you are a member here at Watermark, this is how this goes, right? So let's just say, uh, I'm, looking, I'm looking at porn, and, uh, and Pam knows, she calls me on it and says, hey, John, like, listen, like that's, that's got to stop. And I'll say, well, you know, it's not that big a deal. And I only do it you know, a couple times a week. And it's not really hurting anybody. And uh, she's like, it just doesn't, it doesn't honor Christ. So at that point, if I'm not going to change... Then she would uh, widen the circle. Okay, she would tell the people in our small group, or in this case, uh, your reengaged group, or uh, whoever it is um, that kind of God's put in your life. In our in our case here at Watermark, it would be our small group. She'd go to the guys and say, "Listen, John said he wants to be God's man. I've..." I've tried and brought this issue to him. I, I could be wrong. I could be crazy, but um, I, I think this is an issue and I need your help uh, to help admonish John. Will you, will you help me? And so we would do that. And if I continue, if I continue to kind of uh, give Pam the Heisman and the stiff arm, uh, then, we, then we'd bring it up to the leadership of the church. And so, you know, uh, the, the elders uh, might meet with me and say, Hey, John, listen, let me warn you. Let me admonish you, okay? But it's never Pam's job to say, well, I tried once, you know, on this, this, this issue that doesn't John is not honoring Christ and now all I do is just work on myself. That's not it, okay? Now, you don't need to nag him 24-7, but it is your job to go, I'm going to warn you. I'm going to admonish you. I'll tell other people not to shame you, but because I know you want to be God's man, um, and then if we have to, we'll take it uh, more broadly. That's how, that's how that goes, okay? And uh, that's, that's the most loving thing, the most loving thing you could do for your spouse, the most loving thing Pam could do when I'm being stubborn and, uh, and, and not relenting uh, on some of my sin. So, okay? Yeah. Good. Great. Um, so the next one. Yeah. Uh, so that was admonishment. That was a little bit longer. Okay, admonish the unruly or warn the unruly. Uh, the second one uh, is to encourage. How do yeah. one of the ways we one of the ways that we can, um, you know, really complete our spouse is to uh, is to encourage them. Okay.
1: Yeah, and so. Um you know, encourage the faint hearted. It may it may be that you're faint hearted and that you just need someone who believes in you. It may be, hey, I'm trucking along, but man, that encouragement. You think about when your spouse or someone that you really hold in high regard, you really love, um, they just tell you something great about yourself. Just the boost kind of that that gives you. And so um, speaking belief has incredible power and not in some hokey Worldly, like self-esteem way, but like because Christ is in you and Christ has gifted you, I believe in you and you can do amazing things and study your spouse. So these three things, God's gifted you, and I know He's using you, and I know you can. Um, I know you can do it. You know, for our kids, like, hey, these are the ways that I know I've seen God use you. I know He can. Um, Hey, I think he's going to grow you in these areas. So just speaking belief, you know, um, one of the characteristics of love in first Corinthians 13 is love hopes all things. And so this deep, not just, Oh, I wish, but like, I truly hope and believe that you can do this, that you can be this man.
0: Yeah, that's good. So Paul, if you, if you read through the epistles, Paul did this a lot. So First Corinthians uh, chapter one, verses four and five, he's talking to some candidly some pretty stubborn people, the Corinthian church, that was like where the, the guy's sleeping, you know, with his mother, mother stepmom, I guess, and people are like following crazy doctrine, all this stuff. And Paul says, man he goes, "I just basically I see the evidences of God's grace in your life." I see God at work, and you're like, man, what people are you talking about, you know, Paul? And uh, he's just saying, I'm going to make a point to point out the things that I do see that honor, honor Christ, because I think that's one of the things uh, that God wants me to do in your life to help you become uh, who, you, who you're you supposed to be. And so we play an amazing, we have an amazing opportunity, an amazing role to play in our spouse to say, I I believe in you, right? God's given each one of us gifts and maybe it's leadership, maybe it's service, maybe it's a hundred other things and for your spouse to say, "Hey, I see this in you, I don't know if you do, but I I think you could use this gift and I think you could help a lot of people. I think God would really be honored and glorified. That's a really unique role, a really unique role. Um, that you have to play. And just believe, like Pam said, just look someone in the eye and say, I believe you can do this. Uh, we will always go further faster if we have people uh, who believe in us. And that's one of the unique roles, I think, that uh, God wants us yeah. to play.
1: And it's just, when you think about admonishment and encouragement, they just go hand in hand. So if you do all of one or all of the other, it's just completely out of balance. And so how beautifully those go together. Um, I'm going to um, be happy to be admonished by John because I know he's encouraging me and believes in me and vice versa. And so those- <laughs> You one, write that down. Yeah, Happy. I want to come back okay. to that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will Remember be happy. that you night? You said yes I said it hesitantly, happy, Um, but those go together. Um, So obviously, um, admonishment and encouragement. Um, So the next one is just to help, um, to help each other. Um, And so that can look real, you know, tangible, just tasks, you know, in different stages of life when kids are little. It's, you know, helping your wife. It is, um, hey, when the the guy's got a new job, it's helping him. It's, um, you know, just helping with tasks. It's also um, through hard times. So we've both, both lost our dads in the past five or six years. And just the way that, it's grown us closer together the way we've helped each other um, through hard times um, more than just kind of cleaning up your own act and hey um, you know you take care of this but hey how can I help you um, whether it's yeah. emotionally or physically
0: yeah so like my son just said hey dad I want to man um, I, mean, I want to start spending time in God's word in the morning I was like great what time do you want to get up how, you know six o'clock great I will, I, will, uh, I will wake you up every morning at 6, you know. And so we've been sitting there. It's been awesome, you know, in the morning, just uh, trying to rub the sleep out with a cup of coffee, you know, reading God's Word together. But that was a way I could tangibly uh, help him. And I was thinking about uh, on the pornography issue. Like, so a lot of people late at night, that's when they kind of go off a cliff, you know. So if you're married to someone and they just, they would say, golly, what, where this happens is, you know, it's 1230 and I'm I'm out in the living room and I just... You know, poof, that's what I have. Okay, great. How can I help you? Like, what is it that's taking you so long to wrap up your day? How can I take some of that off, um, you know, that load off of you so that you can get to bed earlier and then you wouldn't have that struggle? Like, let me help you, whatever your thing is. Uh, let me help you uh, with this struggle, not just admonish you and tell you uh, to stop it. Let me help you as, uh, as you try to follow Christ, okay? Uh, and then, lastly, is just to be patient. Right? just to be patient, because we're going we're gonna to warn and tell our spouse uh, the truth. We're going to encourage them and tell them the, parts, the ways that they're doing well, the ways that God could continue to use them. Um, we're going to help them, but they will not change in an instant, right? You're just not going to have generally one conversation and say, "Hey, here's the three things I think in your life that don't honor Christ, and they go, awesome. Like, from this moment on, forever, always, I will never do those things ever again, or I will do the things that I'm supposed to do. Thank you so much. Right, that, will, that will not happen. And it is going to be a process. And so you think about change, and a lot of times it, this is the formula. it's grace plus truth plus time equals change. Grace plus truth plus time equals change. You love someone, you give them the grace of God that you've received, you tell them the truth, you remind them of God's truth in Scripture, you tell them the truth about the situation, and then you're patient with them. You let the Spirit... Uh, do the things that he is going to do and you you come alongside of him and help him. But it is going to take some time. And one of the ways you can complete your spouse is just to be patient with him.
1: So as you're being patient, I think that's something that's been really practical. Just help for me as I'm praying for John and I'm waiting for him to get his stuff together. Um, or praying for our kids, is, uh, or waiting for our kids. is just praying for him. And so just looking, picking one specific characteristic, one specific thing that I can just, um, just pray for John, pray for each of our kids, pray for myself as I'm waiting for God to do something in me. Even and so, just that waiting goes hand in hand with patience. And so, just praying when you're tempted to fret or worry or be frustrated, um, just find a scripture and pray. Um, pray for that person. Um, and so, tonight, the question is not um, if your spouse knows the areas that you need to become more like Christ, because trust me, they do. Um, the question is, are you willing to ask them, Hey, babe, show me, um, tell me, I know you love me enough to tell me. Um, and vice versa. Hey, these are the ways that I think you can be more like Christ, and I think you want to be more like Christ.
0: Yeah. So our kid, we tell this with our kids. We say we know that down the road you're going to go to some counselor, you're going to go to some uh, friend, you're going to say, "My parents were great, but." <laughs> Right, we just tell them they laugh. Like we know your parents have big butts. Like we just do. There's things that you're gonna say. We're a great butt. But let's talk about those butts while you're in the house, and not later. You know, like we'll we'll meet you, you know, halfway and drive, and we'll have a big uh, festivus and tell each other the truth or ask for (laughs) whatever whatever we need. That Seinfeld reference. Uh, But um, let's deal with that now. And, um, and we know that we're, we know that we're in process. Okay. So it's not, a, Pam's saying it's not, an, it's not a question of does your spouse know some things in <laughs> some ways you, you should uh, grow in the way you honor Christ. That's not the question. The answer is yes, emphatically. Mm-hmm. The question is, are you going to invite them in? And then will you also play that role and, uh, in your spouse's life? And so Pam mentioned our moms. There's been a, just a, a uh, a rash of people, I'll close with this, that we've known recently who have lost their spouses. And uh, it's been amazing to be around them uh, without that helper anymore. And we've just noticed some changes in behavior. I'll just, I'll just say that, right? We've seen some manipulation uh, because someone is not there to go, hey, we're not, we're not playing those games. We've seen some outburst of anger that we didn't see, you know, five, 10 years ago when we we're with these people uh, because the spouse is not there to go, hang, hang on, hang on. We've seen a real lack of uh, patience um, because their spouse is no longer there to say, hey, we, we trust God. We trust God in this. We're not going to, we're not going to um, we're not gonna, gonna freak out and on and on and on and on. I bet you they didn't realize that's was what was going on when they were married. Everyone else now uh, is noticing it, right? And so it's, it's, it's caused us to tell our kids recently, hey, when one of us goes down, like uh, you've got to tell us the truth about all these other people are going crazy without their spouses, like you've got to tell us the truth. Okay, God's given you your spouse as a gift, mm-hmm. as a gift. He didn't smite you, right? <laughs> He's not angry at you and said, "I know how to take it out on them. I'll give them this person." Okay? It's a gift. View it as such. Lean into your role and receive receive the role that God wants your spouse to play in you. Okay, and I think you'll have a really fun run uh, from here. So, thanks for letting us share. you. Okay.